Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome back to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn, and you get to hear my shitty voice again. <laughs> it's back. Week two. Three weeks of... strong. Oh, three, you're right. <laughs> three weeks strong, because we strong. double recorded one week. Yeah. Yeah, she does not have COVID, so fucking relax. Yeah, I did the test. I'm negative. Yeah, she's Just fine. This, and I, I know the different, the feel by now, like, because I've had it, obviously. <laughs> and this is straight up sinus infection. Not COVID. No. No. <laughs> yeah. So, you said you had a story. I'm dying to hear Oh, it. yeah. Okay, so I have a little mini story. It was really funny the other night. Okay. So, you and Carson had left the house. Mm-hmm. And, like, 8.30-ish. Yeah, and I left probably, like... 20 minutes after or so, mm-hmm. and I'm leaving, and I call Timo like I knew, usually do, usually, like I usually <laughs> do, to say, um, oh, like, I'm on my way home, whatever. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just starting my workout, and I was like, okay, like, is, should I come home then? Because I yeah. had to be back at 10 o'clock the next morning to leave for an oh, appointment. right, okay. So he was like, to be honest, like, just stay there again. Like, he, w- he was like, if if you come home, there's a huge possibility I'm just going to sleep by the time I'm done working out. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I might as well just stay here. It makes the most sense. So mm-hmm. I come back to the house, and I walk in the house, and I'm talking to my dad or whatever. I go upstairs, and I Casey goes, do I hear the ghost of Bryn? And I was <laughs> like, yes, I'm back, bitches. So I go back down the stairs, and as he comes out of his bedroom and I go back down the stairs, the closet door just opens in the middle of the hallway. Oh my god, what? Yeah. Did he freak out? And we're both just staring at each other with our eyes, like, really wide. (laughs) Did he creep? Did he get creeped out? No, listen to what he did. All of a sudden, he looks at me, and... He starts making it look like he's being dragged up the wall by his neck by a ghost. Like, he's like, what? <laughs> like, gone crazy up the wall. Oh, my God. And Sarah's, like, watching from the bedroom, and she's like, what was that? <laughs> she was probably like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so then um, <clears throat> he went back in his room, and I went back upstairs and changed. I come back down, and after, he was all freaked out that he did it. Like, he was yeah. like something's gonna happen now. I know something's gonna now happen that he now. Did it. Yeah. Oh my god. Now that he made a joke that, like, a ghost was dragging him up the wall. Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, that's He's so like, funny. wow, he freaked himself out. Yeah. More than it would have been if it was just the creepy door opening. Yeah, but it was so funny because the fact that he was like, do I hear the ghost of Bryn? And then, like, a minute later, the closet door just opens on its own. That's so weird. Yeah. Speaking of creepy shit. Okay. So, you know, the show Midnight Mass that I told you about. Yes. So. Shout out Father Philip. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So Midnight Mass, little, um, without a spoiler alert, it's like very religious based and like this new preach preacher, priest comes to this church that's on an island and they're, like, very caught off guard. They're, like, where's our parishioner? Like, where's our priest that's normally here? Yeah. And he starts performing, like, miracles, okay? Uh, so, it got really fucking creepy last night. Is it culty? No. It's, like, yeah, satanic. Um, and it got to the point where Oh, God. Carson looked at me and he goes, we have to turn this off. <laughs> and for first I come out of Carson's mouth, I was like, oh, my God, you must be really freaked out. And he was like, we have to turn it off. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> it got really weird. But up until that point, it was like, 
it was good, but now it's just, like, it's too, like, satanic for me, I oh, think. God. So I was going to have it as a wreck, and then last night's episode ruined it, so... I honestly, knowing that now, I was going to watch it. Yeah. I was going to watch. I can't talk. I'm very (laughs) congested. I was going to watch that, and knowing that now, I probably won't. Like, and even in the beginning, you're like, okay, this is, like, something's weird. Like, he has, like, the devil in him or something. But it, like, the way, the turn that it took with, like, the visuals and the... It's just too weird. It's too fucking weird. That's disturbing. And Garth is like, we have to turn this off. We have to put on something funny. (laughs) So we put on New Girl for like an hour until he fell asleep. Oh my god. Yeah, it was like funny with that. So caught off guard that he was like, this is too much for me. When he was younger, we're gonna just talk about Carson now for a sec. (laughs) When he was younger, he anything scary that he would watch, and I would say, Carson, don't watch that. Like you're gonna get scared. Like, the time he watched Darkness Falls with me and my friends, and I kept telling him to leave the room. Yeah, now he's traumatized. He would literally have to sleep in my bed at night that night because he'd be so afraid. And I'm like, I told you. And Casey did that for a while, too, when he was little. We would watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Now I make fun of him for it, but the clown in the beginning, when it's like, (laughs) wow, and then the clown's, like, rocking... He always would hide under the covers and say, tell me when it's over. Tell me when it's over. Oh, my God. That's so sad. It's so and, funny. And before it started, I'd always be like, Case, cover your eye- eyes for the intro. You know you get scared. And he'd be like, no, and try to act all tough. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. So, also wanted to mention that I'm living my lifelong dream. Not lifelong, but um, a very long time dream that I've had. And Carson surprised me. And by the time you're hearing it, it'll be tomorrow. We're so going exciting. to see Wicked on Broadway. I'm so jealous. I cried when he told me. Send and pics. I'm just like, so I worked at a theater in Pittsburgh for like five years. And I've seen Wicked there probably, or like at least heard the soundtrack like while I was working yeah. probably like a hundred times. And I was like, everyone's like, you have to go see Wicked on Broadway. And I've been, like, dying to. And then he's like, I can't hold it any longer. And he told me and I started crying. Aw, send pics. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, I do have a wreck. What's your wreck? For a podcast I've been listening to. I contacted the host and I literally was like, I binged this podcast. I binged three seasons in two days because I'm obsessed. Oh, you told me it. Yeah, it's called Something Was Wrong. Okay. So anyone want to check it out? Check it out. It's not all true crime related. Something was wrong. Are there like post names on there or anything that you can... Yes. Tiffany Reese is her name. Yeah. And, uh... Not everything is true crime related, though, so it might be triggering for some people, just as a forewarning. She does give trigger warnings. Good. But there's uh, episodes with abuse involved. Oh, good. And stuff like that, but it's basically... like, triggers, though. Yeah, and it's basically, like, one episode might be this woman who was married to this man who was living, like, a double life, and she found out, and it's like, something was wrong. Yeah. It's really good. Okay, I'm gonna listen on my way home. Also, (laughs) just real quick, another recommendation on a podcast that I've been obsessed with now for probably, like, six months to a year, Girls Gotta Eat. It's nothing true crime related. They're fucking hysterical. They're, like, two um, girl comedians. They're hysterical. I love them so much. I have to check that one out. And, like, they do a lot of, like, episodes on like dating and self-love and like sex stuff and they make it so funny but like so informative like they have so many guests that come on and you're like wow this I is think just 
I think people have mentioned this to me before. I listen to them on my way to work, and I sometimes it's like I pull into the parking lot at work, and I'm like, okay, I have to turn this off, because if anyone hears me <laughs> listening to this while I'm pulling into work, they're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> well, I mean, it's either that or true crime. True. So. It could be like, and his remains were scattered everywhere, and like I pull in, and my patient's staring at me. <laughs> but right. you want to talk about our coffee? Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, so this was to, a gifted one. Yes, today we are reviewing from Mayorga Coffee. Yes. It's the Mayan blend, I believe. Yes, is that what it's was, called? Yes, this was a gift from mom, right? Yes. Did she get it from Costco, I think she said? I think so. The bag is really cute. It yeah. has a fun print on it. Yeah. And it says it's Honduras, Guatemala, and Mexico medium roast. Yeah. And it came as whole bean. So here are the notes that are involved in this blend. Sweet, chocolate, and smooth. And it says a clean cup with a medium body, sweet floral undertones, and chocolate with a smooth finish. Definitely smooth. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, What's their website? So their website is Mayorga, M-A-Y-O-R-G-A, coffee.com. Okay. And their Instagram is... Mayorga coffee, spelt the same way Kelsey just said. Yeah, and they have all different sized bags, whole beans, ground, drip, fine, all the kinds that you like. Right, we're not going to get too much into their background since this was a gifted coffee and not, like, sent to us from the company themselves. But they are Latino-owned. Love that. They have, it says, pioneering direct trade since 1997 and always 100% organic. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And they have um, some, like, different recipes and stuff on their website that you could do um, at home. Um, Yeah, they just have a lot on their website that you could check out. They also, it looks like they also have, like, food. So. Nice. Check them out. Fun. So what are you thinking of this coffee? I need to take another sippy sip. Okay. I I think it's smooth. I do taste the little floral undertone in this one when usually I don't. Yeah. Maybe my sinus infection has me tasting things (laughs) I don't usually taste. My sinus infection has brought out the floral. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I can taste the, I like the smoothness at the end. I don't necessarily taste the chocolate. I taste more of the floral. Same for yeah. this one. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't really taste the chocolate much. What would you rate this? I'd give this one a seven. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were in your head like seven. Yeah, seven. I was. <laughs> I do the same thing when it's opposite. Because I get excited if we're going to match up because we usually always do. Sorry, we had to take a break for Brenda Cough. <laughs> Just kidding. Might happen multiple times, and she wasn't kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like it. It's a seven for me. Um, it's not like a flavored coffee, but it's a good one to have, and they have, like, the big bulk bags that you can get, like I said, at Costco. Yep. All right, we ready? Mm-hmm. So, so grab, grab your coffee and, and have, have a morning with, with us. us. So, this week we are covering the case of Zeb Quinn. I'm going to get into his background first. Yeah, he was actually a recommended case as well from Julie, the one and only. Thank you, Julie. She sends me all the best TikToks, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> They're like little previews. Yeah, and we both heard of this case beforehand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really really strange. Yeah. So, a little bit about Zeb. He was born Zeb Wayne Quinn, which is such a cool name, I think. I, I think it's so cool. I've yeah. never heard of the name Zeb, to be no, honest No, and I you. love that. Yeah. He was born May 12, 1981 in Asheville, North Carolina. 
He was 18 years old at the time of this case. His mom's name is Denise Blackus, and his sister is Brandy. He was very close with his mom and his sister. He worked at a local Walmart in the electronics department, and they said, like, he loved his job so much, he spent... Basically, he was either home with, Mm -hmm. like, family and friends, or he was there. Yeah, I was gonna mention that, too. Like, he... Even when he wasn't on the clock, he would just be there. So, like, everybody in the store, like, all the workers knew him. Yeah. And loved him. Yeah, that's so nice to, like, love your job that much. Yeah. He was enrolled in an ROTC program, which is the Reserve Officers Training Corps. He was described as responsible and hardworking. He did struggle to fit in at times, but he had a few really close friends, as well as his family, obviously. Yeah. And he did have a learning disability. Yeah, I read somewhere that it was kind of described almost as like a dyslexia type of thing. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting on to Zeb's disappearance. January 2nd, 2000, around 9 p.m., he ended his shift at Walmart on Hendersonville Road, and he left to meet up with his friend Robert Jason Owens. Remember that name. Owens worked with Zeb at Walmart, actually. So he was going to go to Leicester with Owens to look at and potentially buy a new car that he had been saving up for. So they decided to meet in the parking lot of Walmart and then drove. And But they did leave in separate cars. So mm-hmm. they were in two different cars from the Walmart parking lot. <clears throat> and I read somewhere, too, that the, the workers of Walmart that obviously knew him mm-hmm. saw them leave so they could confirm that part of the story. Mm-hmm. Around 9.15 p.m., he was seen on surveillance cameras uh, at a Sitco gas station nearby. Both of them had bought sodas in the gas station convenience store. It showed the men then pulling away in their cars a few minutes later from the surveillance camera. So there's proof there as well that they were driving separately. They were definitely there, and they both drove away. Yeah. Owens was in a Ford pickup truck, and Zeb Quinn was in a light blue Mazda protege. Zeb was following behind Owens, heading towards Long Shoals Road. I wonder, I think we should um, maybe put a screenshot of a map up for everyone so you guys can get a visual which is why we tried to incorporate all the roads names in this case yeah i think it's a good idea yeah it's it all connects yeah so according to robert jason owens this is what happened next so they're pulling out of the gas station heading towards long shoals road and not long after leaving the gas station zeb flashed his lights at owens for him to pull over because remember zeb was behind him at this time they were near a TC they were near TC Robertson High School on Long Shoals Road. Zeb said he said that Zeb had received a page. Yes, it is from a pager. Imprint <laughs> <laughs> putting here, I love this. If you don't know what that is, we will include pictures on our Instagram story. <laughs> For all our people who were born in after the time after of the pagers. 2000s, the early 2000s. Yeah. Just so everyone knows what the fuck a pager is if you're listening and you're not from that era. Yes. And it if you didn't this. know, it's like these tiny little like square things. Also called beepers. Yeah. Like Kim Possible, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Yeah. Kim was in the early 2000s. <laughs> that was a pager. And basically it would vibrate or beep with the person's number and like kind of a short description. Like, yeah. call me or something like that on yeah. it. And then you would 
then have to go find a phone to call the person back. That is so funny to me. I don't know why that like technology has progressed so much. It was I don't like know. a more modern SOS. Yeah, I mean, I've never had a pager. Did you have a pager? Yes, I did. Did you really? Yes, I did. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? Little because I would. Well, it was technically my mom's pager, and she would randomly let me borrow it when I had to stay after school for like practice or something. <laughs> what did your pages say? Yeah, something like that. It would just be to like staying late. (laughs) No, it wasn't that in depth. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I get it. I love that so much. So Zeb then had to leave to find a payphone. Again, we'll include pics if you don't know what a payphone is. This is pre-cell phone I times. really hope that you know what a payphone is. Come on. Let's hope so. If anything, you might know it because of those big red payphones in London. Yeah, in that England. everyone wants to take a picture yeah, of. Yeah, but not quite as big in America. <laughs> yeah, extravagant and colorful in America. <laughs> so Owen said that Zeb returned about 10 minutes later and was quote-unquote frantic. So frantic that he had to leave and cancel the plans they had. So frantic that he also rear-ended Owen's car in his rush to get out of the place. Mm. This is what, according to Owen's, what happened. I just find it super convenient that this extravagant story came out after there wasn't surveillance footage to prove it. Yeah, and after, like, he went missing. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you report this even, like, even if he wasn't missing? Yeah. Oh my god, what the fuck happened that you got this page, you went and called someone, you came back, you were... Freaking out. Freaking out so much that you rammed the back of my car to leave. And Owen's like, eh. Yeah. Normal. Really strange. So Zeb apparently apologized for hitting his car and then drove away. Mm. And this was the last time that Owen said he saw Zeb and the last time Zeb was ever seen. So. Interesting. Yeah. Some more details following all of that. January 3rd, 2000, which was the next morning, early in the morning, Owens went to the hospital. He had head injuries and a broken rib. Owens said he was in a second car accident the night before. So not which only makes it was even he sketchier. Yeah, not only was he like accidentally rear-ended by Zeb apparently, but he also got into another car accident. Like, yeah. That the police weren't called, and it was enough damage to cause a head injury and break ribs. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking it was the same accident and quite, not quite how he described. Or, you know, Owen, or Zeb really did rear-end him and it was nothing, and then there was a physical altercation and that's why he had broken ribs. Yeah. After, and there was no second car accident. Or he was the one who backed into Zeb's car to make him stop, or slammed on his brakes. Yeah. Zeb rear-ended his car and from slamming on his brakes, he, like, yeah. Yeah. hit the steering wheel with his rib cage. Whatever. Who knows? <sighs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> These are our thoughts. Yes, this is us speculating. So, Owens, as I mentioned, said he was in the second car accident, and he told police it occurred near the Waffle House restaurant on Long Shoals Road near the Interstate 26 intersection. You gotta love those Waffle Houses. <laughs> Ew. I, I hate will never. House. I will never. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own, but I've never had a good experience at a waffle. House, just saying. <laughs> January 4th, 2000, 
Zeb's mom, Denise, filed a missing persons report that afternoon. So she was on it right away. Yeah, and she said basically, like, he was very, very good about keeping in touch. Like, if I'm not going to be home at this time, like, expect me to be home later. Or, like, if you aren't, you know, expecting me at this time, then this was the time that you should expect expect me. Like, she was, he was very on top of it. Like, making sure she didn't worry at all. Um, And from what we've heard and, like, what we've said, obviously, he had a very close relationship with his mom and his sister and his small group of friends that he had. Yeah. I feel like someone would know his schedule or what he was doing or if anything was different. And his mom put it in a way of, like, he never had to ask me what to, like, to do certain things. He was an adult, but, like, he told me. He had the respect enough to tell me what was going on. Yeah. And she actually paged him that night that he went missing, asking, you know, to see if he wanted to go to dinner because she was just getting off of her shift. Mm -hmm. And she's like, he never answered. I thought nothing of it. Like, I thought that he was just busy. That's so sad. Yeah. So, also January 4th, we believe, it said two days after he was last seen in an article. So, that could have been late January 2nd or early morning on January 3rd, depending on, like, when all of this actually took place. Yeah. Since, obviously, we're taking the word of Owens when things happened. His account. Yeah, so we think this was also on January 4th. Mm Mm-hmm. A man called into Walmart saying he was Zeb Quinn and couldn't work his shift that day. He said that he was sick. So the co-worker that answered said he knew Zeb's voice and told the police that it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. And the call was eventually traced to the Volvo plant. This was another place of work for Owens, and he admitted to making the call but said that Zeb asked him to make the call. Let me also just, sketchy as fuck. Yeah. And, like, props to the fucking worker that answered the phone because apparently she was on one of the phones in Walmart that didn't have caller ID. And she transferred the call, keeping this person on the phone, transferred the call to the jewelry counter and then went over. So then when she hung up, she was able to then call that number back and trace where it came from. Oh my God. What a so like, smart. Fucking props to <laughs> Brilliant. you. Brilliant. And at that point, she like obviously knew the coworkers and everything. And she was like, oh, Owens also works at the Volvo dealership. Mm-hmm. So it must have been him because mm-hmm. she knew that he worked at Walmart and there. That's like, that's just quick thinking, especially when it's not even, like, a huge thing that Zeb was full-blown missing yet. Yeah. They were just like, oh, he's not, he Why didn't show up for a shift. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. How weird. Wow. So, if that's not weird enough, there's some more weird shit that happens. So, the police traced the page that Zeb had gotten the night of his disappearance, and it actually came from his Aunt Ina Eustich's house. So, he got a page that night, you know, remember the one that made him really frantic? Mm -hmm. So, they traced the page, which I didn't even know you could do, and it came from his Aunt Ina's house, who apparently he doesn't have contact with her, and definitely not any contact before his disappearance. That's, like, the plus side of pagers, though. Like, cell phones you can trace to the nearest tower, but pagers, 
wherever you're getting that page from, yeah. back then, it had to have been a house or a payphone or a place of business. That's true. Because there was no... No way I to mean, get it outside of that. Yeah, like, maybe people had cell phones here and there. Yeah. But not really. Yeah, so they traced it to her house. And she said, when they came to her, she was like, it wasn't me. Like, I didn't page him. I didn't call him. Um, so she actually told the police that she was at a friend's house for dinner. Hmm. So she wasn't even at her house. Ina Ustich later filed a police report. She said that when she was at dinner, her house was conveniently broken into that night and nothing was stolen, but some things were moved around. That's really... So the page came from her house that was broken into. I wonder who did it. Part of me also wondered if, like... Did she file this police report after because she realized someone broke into her house? Yeah. Did she file it out of convenience because she knows who was making the phone call? Yeah. Or did she file that to have on record, like, I wasn't there to make the call, so clearly someone was in my house. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, there's many reasons for this police report to have been filed. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's weird. So, Owens refused to cooperate with the police after his initial statement at this time. Hmm. On January 16th, 2000, and this is two weeks after Zeb's disappearance, Zeb Quinn's car was found in the parking lot of Little Pig's Barbecue on McDowell Street. So, apparently, this was a very populated place. Mm-hmm. This was close to Mission St. Joseph's Hospital, and that is the place that Zeb's grandma, mom, and sister worked as neonatal nurses at the hospital. That's strange. So it was, like, very close to where they worked, and that's where his car was found. And the headlights were on. Which it's like, was that done on purpose by whoever did something to him? Like, did they know his family members worked there and they were, like, like, almost taunting them? Yeah, to see Or, like, wanted them to find the car? Well, the thing is, too, is, like, the headlights, it was found with the headlights on. How long does a car fucking battery last? Like, it had to have not been long. It had to have been dropped off recently. Yeah. Yeah. And how nobody saw it? I don't know. Weird. So, inside the car was a plastic hotel key empty drink bottles, a jacket that did not belong to Zeb, and a living fucking black lab puppy. Like, I don't what? understand. Like, what is I that? don't understand. What does that even mean? A living, breathing, black lab puppy. Like, like, why would they even... Whoever did this, why would you put a puppy in this? Like, what is that message? And thank God the car was found right away. Yeah, and that the puppy wasn't just, like, chilling in there. Yeah. But... This was not Zeb's puppy, by the way. Yeah, also, like, couldn't they track whose puppy that was? Like, who the fuck's dog was that? Right, like, where... There had to have been, like, local lab puppy breeders that people... Like, I don't know. I feel like there would have been a way to track that. strange. This puppy was actually later adopted by one of the investigators of the case. Me too. Um, The hotel key that was found cannot be connected to any hotel or person. So, I think that's really weird, too. Yeah. Like, how can you not trace where this puppy came from or where the hotel key came from? Yeah. And why would people, like, knowingly... Why would someone knowingly leave those things behind? Like, that's not hard to forget. Like, a puppy. Right. You're knowingly leaving them behind, almost, like, taunting and knowing that it couldn't be traced. Right. And I feel like there's, like, some kind of message that, like, whoever did this, like 
was trying to get across and zero people understood it. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck was the message behind a live puppy? I don't understand it. And the hotel key and stuff. Yeah. So weird. So even more than that, the driver's seat was moved to fit someone that would have been shorter than Zeb. Hmm. On the back windshield, a pair of lips and two exclamation points were drawn in lipstick. Like, what? That immediately makes me feel like it's, like, some romantic thing going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Especially, I mean, unless unless it's, like, a red herring and was yeah. done to, like, draw to the... distract. Little, yeah, like, the lipstick and drawing lips. Yeah. Like, that's just weird. I'm sorry. Like, couldn't we get DNA from this? <laughs> yeah. There was no evidence in the car that Quinn was running away. No clothes, contact lens solution, money, etc., he was said to have liked his job and stayed in touch with his mother and sister. So, again, just red flags everywhere. Yeah. To him just being a missing person. Leaving. Yeah. Moving on to the investigation, this case went cold for a while. A woman named Misty Taylor was interviewed, eventually. This purchase is so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> this case is just so weird. Yeah. Zeb had been interested in her romantically and was seeing her in the weeks before he disappeared. He had told his family and friends that her abusive boyfriend, Wesley Smith, threatened him when he found out that Misty and him had been talking. Yeah. And the fact that he's known to be abusive. Yeah, apparently she um, also has a child with this boyfriend and they were talking, like, on the phone for weeks and weeks and weeks. And one occasion, he f- forgot to star 6-7, the number. And he immediately <coughs> hung up and was like, I'm fucked, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he, ought- he already had reason to kind of be fearful of this guy. Yeah, and apparently the whole his whole family was like, you need, like, this is bad news. Like, with the boyfriend in this situation, like, mm-hmm. you need to, and he just didn't listen and, you know, Aww. was trying to, he had a crush on her. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So, Ina Ustich, which was Zeb's aunt, where the page, from the pager came from, if everyone remembers, it came from her house, mm-hmm. is also connected to these people, which is like, very what? odd. Yeah. That's not a coincidence. The friend's house that she said she was at for dinner was Tamara Taylor, who was Misty's mom. Like, what? So the fact that they're connected to the aunt whose house the page came from... Yeah. It's just all very intertwined and strange. Apparently his aunt and Misty's mom, Tamara, were meeting to talk about opening a restaurant together. I just think the whole thing, like, they would have had to have been close for that kind of business mm-hmm. thing to occur, and then it to, the page to come from her house. I don't know. Yeah, it's very intertwined. So, she also said that Misty Taylor and Wesley Smith had been there for dinner as well that night. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's really odd that they're incorporated into the case in a way that could be suspect. Yeah. And they were with the aunt that night. I know. It's so strange. The whole thing is so strange. So Taylor and Smith 
denied any involvement in Zeb's disappearance and nothing tied them to it besides the whole intertwining of dinner and family relationships and yeah. family and all that. And a couple called the police and said they had seen Zeb Quinn's car driving in downtown Asheville sometime before it was parked in the lot. A composite sketch was made of the person they saw driving, and police thought the sketch had a resemblance to Misty Taylor. Like, this is actually, like, noted. That is fucking not a coincidence. Which is also very strange. And that would explain why the car seat was pulled forward, assuming that she was smaller than him because she was a female. I shouldn't maybe assume that, but... That she was shorter. Yeah, than it's all drive. just very sketch, but at the same time, nothing's directly tying them to it. So, so they can't charge them. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, a lot, I'm going to talk about all the stuff that happened then. So March 17th, which was 15 years after Quinn's disappearance, Owens was arrested in relation, in an unrelated incident for the disappearance and murder of Christy Schoen her husband, J.T. Codd, and their unborn child. Mm. So this was, like, totally unrelated, but he was arrested connected to this murder. Or these murders, I should say. Christy Schoen was a Food Network star contestant, so a lot of people knew of her. Mm -hmm. Owens later confessed to killing the family by, quote-unquote, accidentally running them over. So this part is just weird. I don't really understand it fully. There was a lot of conflicting info and not a lot of detail. But apparently he admitted to hitting the husband, JT, with his truck. He then reported missing, he reported missing by the family members after Christy didn't arrive in Mississippi. So that's when the family of this, the, this couple was like, okay, something's going on. She didn't arrive when she was supposed to. Didn't it also say that one of the things he said was, like, he hit them with his truck because he was stuck in the mud? Yeah, I don't understand that. How do you accidentally hit someone with your truck? Are you, like, revving and they're trying to guide you out and you press on the gas and it flies out and you hit a whole family? Yeah, I don't that understand. It doesn't make sense. But then he goes back later and says he only hit the husband. I don't know. It's so weird. Detectives so weird. found JT's wallet and Christie's purse inside their home, which would signal, like, okay, they're not traveling somewhere. Right, they didn't, like, up and leave. Yeah. The detectives got a tip that Owens was dumping bags into a dumpster on Donna Drive. The bags included items that belonged to Christy, including her ID. Hmm. So, there was no specific details on how Christy was killed or why or any of that, but she was killed. He apparently at some point in time was hired to work on their home, so maybe that's how the connection was and why he was there. Mm-hmm. He admitted to breaking into the home and then taking the stuff that was eventually found in the dumpster. The detectives got a search warrant for the house, um, and there was human remains found in the fireplace. Oh my god. Yeah, so not only did he kill them, but he burned them in their own fireplace. And cut, he dismembered them Yeah, as well, he also right? pled guilty to, to dismembering human remains on two counts. So, he literally hit these people with a car and their unborn child. Accidentally, quote-unquote. Right. Air quotes. Dismembered them in their own home. And then And then them burned them. them. Yeah. Like, this is... That's and just then put, their, so... put stuff of theirs in a garbage bag and got rid of it. That's so, like, overboard, I feel like. I don't know. Why wouldn't and you how... just say that you accidentally hit somebody? Yeah, and how... How can you even claim... 
it to be an accident if you do all that stuff afterwards. If yeah. something's an accident, you call the police and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. I was trying to get out of the mud. I accidentally hit these people. Like, yeah. send an ambulance. Right, and they could have been saved, yeah. potentially. That's not, yeah. We talked about that before in other cases. Like, if you do stuff after the fact, like, it's not an accident. No. In 2015, June, actually, 2015, detectives investigating Quinn's disappearance said that they found, quote, fabric, leather materials, and unknown hard fragments under a layer of concrete on Owen's property. March 20th, 2015, police were called to a fire of a mobile home on a property that belonged to Owen's, so it wasn't his primary residence, but it was property that he owned. Mm-hmm. Um, the fire was never connected to the investigation, although they said it was suspicious. There was apparently human re- remains in this mobile home as well. What the fuck? But nothing. It didn't go into detail about, like, like who's who? and what happened because of it. Um, it's just weird that... There's just so many weird details and, like, outer lying... Yeah. Things to this case. And, like, clearly he tries to set things on fire to cover things up. Like, was that trying to cover up somebody else's murder? Right. Like, setting his mobile home on fire? Like, was that person shot or stabbed and then the whole thing was set on fire? Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. March 30th, 2015, search warrant was obtained for Owen's actual residence. So, not the mobile home place, but the other one. Apparently, investigators found, quote, unknown white powder substance as well as pieces of metal and concrete. And that's a Wikipedia quote. There was also, quote, numerous plastic bags containing possibly pulverized lime or powdered mortar mix. That was also a Wikipedia quote. We all know what lime is used for. Yeah, not anything good. There was no mention of, of a connection to Quinn's remains in this search as the investigation was still ongoing. So. But that was 2015. How is there, like, How, no update? Are there update? answers? Like, were they human remains? Were Was it Zeb? Yeah. I don't know. And, like, so much is left unsaid with this. But yet there's so much information. Yeah. To take in with where it who be. it could possibly be. Or, yeah. like, are all of these people fucked up and, like, intertwined? Yeah. yeah. So then we're on to 2017. April 27th, 2017, the plea deal Owens' attorneys came to was that he was sentenced to 60 to 75 years in prison without possibility of parole, and this is for the murders of Christy Schoen and her family. July 10th, 2017, Buncombe County Grand Jury charged Owens with first-degree murder for the death of Quinn. No trial dates have been set yet for this case because of COVID, said per an article written in 2020. Yeah. And there have also been trial delays because of quote-unquote personnel changes. Yeah, so apparently, like, the district attorney or somebody involved in the trial um, got a new job, and then they Mm -hmm. brought another one on, and they died. And then, so it's just been, like, trying to get a trial date set and done with COVID stuff. Yeah. But... And then that on top of it. I mean, that is a long fucking time, though. Mm -hmm. Like, what is going on? And per his plea deal, he will not face the death penalty. Yeah. Which, I don't... I don't really know that... Like, do they have hard evidence, like, 
against him for maybe that's what they found on his and they're waiting and they're just waiting for the trial yeah maybe and that's when it's all gonna come out because they know he's already in prison for these deaths right yeah because he's in prison for the other murders but he still has to be put to trial for Zeb Quinn. Right, for the justice of them, which makes me feel horrible for their family because they don't have any answers. Like, they're still... It's all up in the air for Zeb's family. And, like, even if that's the case and the police are sitting on it until the trial, it's like, I really hope they have some kind of, like, idea of what's going on. Yeah. Like, hopefully they've just... They've told them and just not the public. Yeah, I hope. so sad. Just give them some kind of closure. Yeah. So that's kind of where everything is at with the case at this point point in time if there's any updates we will be sure to update you all yeah um regarding films and shows that have been based around this case if you want to check it out the id show which everyone loves the id channel (laughs) the id show disappeared covered this case in 2012 it's season five episode 15 if you want to check it out and hear what they have to say regarding this case i'm pretty sure that's where i heard of the case yeah I don't know where or how or what I have, but I've heard, like, details about it. And I remember, like you said, seeing his ROTC picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. The whole thing is weird. I still think there's some kind of weird connection with Misty and his aunt and her boyfriend. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird, too, how, like, his aunt and him... He didn't, he wasn't really close with his aunt. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that much of a connection with her. But she was so connected to Misty's mom, and he was connected to Misty. Mm-hmm. And then the call came from her house, yet they really didn't have that much contact with each other before then. Like, that's right. just, like, Like, how, if they didn't have much contact, like, how did they even have his pager info? You know? Like, yeah. Or she, Unless Misty you know? did, but... Yeah. But it's weird that they didn't have that much connection when... He was talking to Misty, and the aunt was so close with mm-hmm. Misty's mom that she was literally having dinner with her, and they were all over his aunt's house for dinner. Right, or, like, were they using or each other's alibis house. and, like, lying about yeah. it? Or, I don't know. The whole thing is weird. I think there's some kind of connection there, but I just really hope that they find, you know, justice for him and his family get get some kind of closure. Yeah, same. It's really sad. It's Especially horrible. since he seemed like just a great all-around human and genuine and, like, so hardworking and dedicated to his job. It's just so sad. He was simply going to look at a car and then... And all this shit went down. And I I want to know who, if the pager story is true, which obviously someone paged him because they have proof of that, who was it? And what did they say? What did they say? Or was Owens in... Were they all in on this together? I don't know. And Owens was like... Leading him somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. It's I have so a feeling weird. that the pager that came through or the page that came through somehow signaled to him that, like, the boyfriend found out, Wesley found out about what was going on. And that's what caused him to get so frantic about it because... If he even really was, though. Right. I know. Like, he might not have even hit the back of his car. Right. I know, it could have like just that been a whole not, lie. Yeah, that might not have even happened. And that's what explained. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. I feel like the lies in it are so not even, like, logically done by the people that were involved, mm-hmm. and it just threw everybody off. Yeah. I feel so sorry for them. Me too. 
And and pours out. I just want to know, too, if he was found or if he's still out there missing somewhere and right. needs to be found, you like, know? Where is he? Yeah. The whole thing is just so strange. So sad. <sighs> Do you have anything else you want to add? Um... I don't think so. I did my recs in the yeah. in the beginning. Oh, I didn't talk about this. So, um, as you know, we released shirts recently, embroidered tanks, um, and a, one t-shirt. And my friend, Sydney, bought a few of them, and she messaged me today. She's like, I love the merch. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good. She looks so good in it. Good. Yeah, no, th- um, thank you to everyone who has bought merch from us. Yeah, we we're appreciate so happy about support. it. And the coffee. Like, yeah. Oh. I'm so excited. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, go to our link tree or go to carscoffee.com. Yep. Our link tree has everything on it. You can shop our other merch on our Instagram shop um, or on the website through Riot Babe. Mm-hmm. And the spiel the that we always, <laughs> that we always tell that I think we forgot in the last maybe two weeks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, make sure to rate and review, especially if you like our podcast because it helps it to be seen so we can continue doing this because we love doing it. Yep. And go to our Facebook, Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post all of our pictures and the resources from each week's episode or anything else we talk about, like weird memes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then our Instagram as well. Our Instagram has pictures weekly that bring usually daily. Well, yeah, it hasn't been lately, though, because I've been so fucking busy. Yeah. I apologize. I'm going to be like doing two posts at the same time again to like catch us back up with oh, our weekly thing. No, you do so good with the Instagram. Thank account. you. It's just been crazy with weddings and stuff. I've been yeah insane. Wedding season. I think our wedding, at least the people that I've gone to, has officially ended. The wedding same season until mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so until excited. the summer, we have like two others in the summer. I think that's my next. This one. year's wedding season though has ended. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. But. I'm ready to have a little bit of a break. Yeah, I know. Me too. I agree. All right. Until next week, loves. Bye, mourners. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook